Hello, SMI members. I want to welcome you to another Conversations with podcast. I'm Christine Dean, Senior Director of SMI, and this next podcast features Lisa Homan, CEO of Concordance Healthcare Solutions and SMI board member, and Jason Wells, the Chief Strategy Officer for Adventist Health. Lisa and Jason's conversation focuses on innovation, talent management, partnerships, consumer-based care, as well as the digital first, digital front door strategy for Adventist Health. Here are Lisa and Jason. Well, hi, Jason. Thank you so much for joining me today. Many SMI members, especially at the past forum, were really focused on innovation and digital transformation. So I know that our conversation today will resonate with the SMI community. So if you're ready, can we just go ahead and get started? Let's do it, Lisa. Great to be with you in the group. Awesome. So I learned you began your career in education and then somehow ended up in healthcare. Uh, Would you mind starting by just telling us a little bit more about your background and how you came into the healthcare scene? Yeah, it was an interesting jump. It was actually handbells. If you have ever seen a handbell choir from a community group or a church, I was teaching high school history and English and started a group and we played it Um, two presidential inaugurations with the Boston Pops and the group was called Ring of Fire and we were playing for a hospital event in Florida and had a chance to start talking to the leadership team there and it took a year but loved teaching but jumped into into healthcare marketing and um, it was photography that had piqued their interest the kids um, were an amazing group and I had shot them around the world and, and their performances and and got into working on content for hospital rooms for Florida Hospital in Orlando, Florida. And we had a patient channel that I got to be the director of all the content that we put um, up for patients and quickly evolved from that into interactive patient care because we realized no one was watching Channel 38, no matter how much cool stuff we put on it, and started getting into that space and looking at all the people in interactive patient care and how could you leverage the TV in the room to build a deeper connection, engage patients in their care. And so got into patient experience, got into hospital operations, got into clinics. And and today, um, during the pandemic, I was running three hospitals in Mendocino County, but today I've moved to the corporate office as as chief strategy officer and dealing with all things innovation and transformation and and digital virtual and and all the things that come with that. So yeah, handbells is really the the link that got me into healthcare, as weird as that is. That is an incredible story. It is amazing how simple things that happen in our world, right, yeah. end up transforming transforming our lives and our career. Um, so, you know, let me just start by asking you, um, as the Chief Strategy Officer for Adventist, what is your definition of innovation? And what do you feel are some of the innovations that are taking place um, at Adventist Health? Yeah, well, as you know, healthcare is in need of tremendous innovation. So for me, a definition is is taking something that is the status quo and, and transforming it into something new. And so I, I have felt in my time in healthcare, it moves at such a glacial pace. We seem to be behind so many other industries. It used to be banking that had the bad rap or the airline industry. And now Delta, you know, when you're, you know, your bags, you know, they're under the plane, you get a text message, you know what carousel they're on, you get a text message. Banking, we can take pictures with our check and, and have it deposited right into your account. I and mean, stuff like that 
we're so behind in healthcare of other consumer innovation. So for me, innovation is anything that's going to take that status quo and transform it into something that provides a better experience for the patient, for the consumer, for the physician, for the clinician. Um, you know, just it, it's a radical disruption from what our current state is. And so that to me would be my definite of innovation. Um, thank you for that. And, and what do you feel um, are the key innovations taking place today at Adventist Health? We have, the, I would say the pandemic has accelerated our opportunity for virtual health. And so, you know, we've been having those conversations many health systems have, but it, it was a slow go. You know, physicians, providers weren't necessarily keen on changing the way they do things that was working for them. And um, even though consumers were ready for something new, um, you know, the great disruptors coming into healthcare were certainly doing a great job of providing that disruption. So the legacy traditional healthcare providers, the pandemic has, has really sped up our dive into virtual health, um, digital health. Um, things that probably weren't going to be on our roadmap till 2025, 26, we got on our roadmap in a matter of months, and it took you know, strategic partnerships to do that. These things you can't do yourself, and that's been fun to see that acceleration. And so, when you think digital front door, Lisa, there is such an opportunity. I would say we had a doggy door, and we needed a garage size door. You know, access into Adventist Health, into our clinics, um, into the experience, and so moving from kind of transactional healthcare, which is what we really had been is we would have transactions with people, whether they're coming into an emergency department, you know, in a clinic, um, and we get them on their way, moving to relational health. And what's that look like to build relationships with individuals that you're caring for for life? And, and in order to do that, you're going to have to have the digital tools, you're going to have to have um, deeper partnership, a deeper why of why would you want to get involved? So moving into well-being is certainly a, a massive transformation innovation underway for Adventist Health. It's been a deep part of our roots going all the way back to the sanitariums of 1866, where we um, go all the way back to Battle Creek Sanitarium was one of the largest in the world. And there's just a passion for whole person health and longevity. And so Blue Zones, many of you are familiar with Dan Butner and world leading researcher for National Geographic and best New York Times bestselling book called Blue Zones. And we, um, deep partnership with that organization, actually acquired Blue Zones in the middle of the pandemic and, and working to take that research and that, um, you know, just great resources into all the communities in which we serve. So we truly can, can be helping people get to a healthy hundred. And, and beyond. And, and um, Blue Zones, certainly with the Power Nine, have shown where communities around the world, Sardinia, Italy, Okinawa, Japan, Loma Linda, California, what is about these places where there are more centenarians than anywhere else? And um, that has been neat to, to weave that into Adventist health and begin to take that out to the communities in which we serve. That is amazing. I think that rapid implementation of digital transformation and how we um, quickly pivoted throughout the pandemic has really drove for some efficiencies to maybe start that ball rolling in healthcare um, where it has been lagging behind other um, industries. Um, can you um, share with us a little bit about your 2030 strategy? And was there anything that happened um, throughout the pandemic that has maybe allowed you to pivot your 2030 strategy or accelerated it? I think you spoke a little bit to the acceleration 
Um, but anything you would like to share with us on the strategy for Adventist Health for, for 2030? Yeah, I would think that the pandemic has shown us how important, I mean, we knew it, but it really has elevated to the top of our strategy, our people. We you know, serve with, with 30,000 strong and what they have been through, you said exactly right, the horrific pandemic and what it, the toll that it's cast on those that have served on the front line and those who have supported serving those on the front line. And you know, the great resignation is certainly underway. Our labor costs have been through the roof um, as, as you know, all health systems are dealing with. And we've got to find a better way to take care of our people. How do we focus on their own personal well-being and give them the tools they need to stay healthy both at work um, and at home? And so I think that going through the pandemic has really lifted up um, our people strategy. And we realize how important they are and central to now the 2030 strategy that we make sure that, that um, they are absolutely loved and cared for. Um, first and foremost. So that's one I think that the pandemic has, has pivoted a bit. Um, partnerships is, is huge. And we know we can't get there alone. We would not have survived this pandemic um, on our own. Um, health systems that traditionally had even been competitors doing things together um, for the betterment of the entire community. That was an amazing transformation to see really the landscape start to change as we all were in this together. And it was an all hands on deck type moment. And so um, the, the need for strategic partnerships um, was certainly first and foremost in the pandemic, and we see that continuing. The Adventist Health cannot get where we need to get um, to be a strong, thriving organization um, all by ourselves. So we will need to partner um, with, with many different people inside and out of healthcare, frankly. Um, if we are going to accelerate this consumer journey, we've got to learn from those who are, be who are best at it. And frankly, those are outside of healthcare because we have been so slow. I mean, what industry would it still be accept acceptable to have a doctor's appointment at, at 11 a.m. and you're still sitting in the lobby at, at you know 11:45 and you haven't been called back? I mean, any other industry, you would have walked out the door. And um, consumers are finally starting to do that. And we know we must do better. Um, the pricing, you know, the, the complexity of a healthcare bill. And all of the transparency that has to come to that process. So we, it's exciting to see the transformations that are they're taking place, and we have so much to learn from other industries. And bringing them into our world um, through partnership is is an exciting, exciting pivot that's coming. I think with our with our twenty thirty strategy. Um, thank you for that. I think um, I completely agree with you on the the transparency and the visibility and. I know SMI is doing a lot of work around um, those work streams because we have seen it be so critical in these times that um, you know the only way to really affect change is, is with that transparency and visibility. Um, so I'm excited to hear um, that that is incorporated into your strategy. And then of course, um, strategic partnerships where people can really come together. And, and to your point, we can't do this alone. We have to call on those who really have the core competencies in each different area and allow those people to really bring forth what they um, do well. Um, and then I think the whole healthcare system can improve. Um, and concordance is really big for um, people. So I, I really appreciate your comments around um, just taking care of our people because they really did fight on the front lines. Absolutely. Um, everyone in healthcare um, did everything they could to, to move the needle during the pandemic and, and 
you know, their sacrifices and, and how we take care of them and, and ensure that um, we're incorporating the whole person, I think is really resonates um, throughout um, the membership of SMI for sure. Um, if we could, we're gonna pivot just a little bit and look at kind of the consumer-based approach into the model of care. Um, can you give me your thoughts on um, the industry at large and, and specifically how Adventist Health is looking at um, a more consumer-based approach? Yeah, so it, it comes back to all the broken processes we have in, in healthcare. I just reviewed this morning with a team of one of our clinics and the five-page photocopy that we mail to every single patient uh, before coming into the clinic, and we're getting about 10% of them filled out and brought into the visits. And, and so then they're spending 30 minutes filling this out. And then, you know, even into Cerner, there's not all the same field. So we're asking for stuff we're not really even going to deal with because it doesn't get into the chart. And, and it's just, that's such an example of the things that we do in healthcare that are so broken and moving to how can we do this better? How can we, you know, digitally? So we have partners that we're working with now that this summer we're going to light up a new strategy where, you know, we can have a completely seamless paperless um, experience in our clinics. So over 400 clinics across our footprint and that from the, you know, comfort of someone's own home or even on their cell phone, they can go through and, and update the information. Um, think of all the times you've gone to the doctor and you feel like you filled out the same exact form three weeks ago at the, at the neighboring clinic down the street in the same health system. It's like, are you guys not talking to each other? So it's those type of things that we are finally getting our arms wrapped around. And, and again, there's a, there's a deep willingness. The pandemic accelerated consumer strategies across all industries. Think of all the things that we've all done for the first time, whether maybe it's using DoorDash or Grubhub or Uber Eats for the first time, you know, the adoption of things that people hadn't really tried before, and it just went through the roof. So those type of things are making their way into our world. And I think there's a comfort with the cell phone and more and more care can be delivered appropriately digitally and virtually. Um, and we've seen that and people are desiring for that to continue the convenience of 24 seven care and not going, oh my goodness, the clinic doesn't open till eight. And then I've got to sit there and I can't get an appointment for three days and the issue is going to be resolved. So all of those things are coming into the consumer-based approach of how can we do things differently that make it best for the consumer? How can we make this as easy as possible? How can we um, show them that we truly know them and that they don't feel out they're just filling out stuff that just may not go anywhere? And, you know, I can give you a hundred examples, Lisa, of that type of thing. But I think, you know, you and I both have been patients and we've experienced it far too many times. And, and that's the opportunity of, of how to partner with those who are doing it best and have a digital experience, a seamless experience. And, and really we're getting into nudging consumers more. And so we've been very reactive in healthcare. When people reach out to us, we're here for you. And I, I mentioned before the transactional nature of healthcare, but how can we nudge people into health and remind them? And I think of myself being a patient, every PT experience I've ever had post a shoulder surgery or a, or a hip surgery, I didn't ever follow up. You know, I was given the sheet of stuff I was supposed to do. And I did it when I was there with a the therapist, but I wasn't a good patient on my own. And, and, you know, that's my fault. That's no one else's fault, but I would sure love the nudge and the checking in of, you know, whether I can watch, you know, I could watch the video digitally of the, you know, PT working with me and just, they don't have to be there, but if I'm being held accountable, 
and logging in of, yep, I did it and tracking it. Those, those are the type of things we're starting to explore of how can we um, scale our limited amount of providers um, through, through new innovative means. And there's people again in this space doing it so well. So we're leaning into those partnerships. I really enjoy your comments around nudging people into healthcare, yeah. right? So, you know, whether it's your checkups or your reminders or um, to your point after you've had a procedure, right? Calling and checking in on people. I know I had a surgery, a pretty decent surgery and, and they called me multiple times to check in. So even though the first time I talked to them and I said I was good, yeah. they still called back again. And I still remember that, right? Yep. So it, it's about that experience and how it made you feel well cared for um, and so I'm, I'm really excited to hear, um, you know, a strategic leader like yourself at, at such an um, amazing pace to get, you know, really transform um, the experience for the patients. And I think overall, it, it then helps us, right, live longer and, and more yeah. full, full lives. So but, super excited. And again, I'm glad well. you got those phone calls, Lisa, that there's always the, the, you know, it's not a, just a joke, it's a reality of veterinary a vet does such a better job checking up on your dog or your cat after an experience than, than traditional legacy healthcare providers. And so how can we um, exceed people's expectations? And, you know, other industries, again, have figured it out. Customer service used to be such a bad experience, even if it was a cable company or a cell phone company, people are really well-trained and they, they're showing empathy and, and it, it's incredible how well most industries are doing with just um, service expectations and follow-up and and we're getting better at it but we we all have such a long way to go to really keep keep up with the industry well it's definitely a journey and um but it's it's good to see that we're making strides um somebody told me once don't don't strive for perfection strive for progress and i think that's that is exactly what we're seeing in healthcare today is we are making progress but it's leaders such as yourself that are, you know, willing to talk about it and, and really just strive for it and work for it in your own health systems that are really going to be impactful, I think, for healthcare moving forward. Can you help us understand what roadblock, roadblocks and barriers there are for truly incorporating a medical home? Yeah, like a, a, I do believe consumers are desiring care in more places and we will see more and more care move into the home uh, but it's going to need to come with federal and state really reform um, payment model refer you know reform we're going to have to we we cared for over a thousand patients in the comfort of their home and their and their home through the pandemic and have been a leader in that and it, it's an incredibly expensive model um, and so we're all going to have to find ways to to partner um, with supply chain and, and other, uh, you know, people that are great in this space. And so when you're running both your, your full hospital and trying to bring all of those resources into the home, you know, that, that, that's a learning curve that's steep. And so we believe that there will be more and more care in the home. And, and I know there's over 90 health systems that are really leaning in at the federal level for legislation and support around care in the home. And, and certainly in the state of California, um, it's well over a um, million dollars a bed to build. If we were to build a 100-bed hospital, we're going to be well over 400 million. And so with the resources um, being so strapped across, you know, multiple industry or multiple, you know, health systems, we know that we're going to have to be more creative and do it in a safe and appropriate way. And so that's going to be, you know, that, that insurance companies, that, um, you know, departments of public health, regulatory agencies 
we're all going to need to partner and, and work together on how can we provide appropriate care in more spaces um, as it is getting, we've got to keep taking the cost out of healthcare and keeping it you know, safe at the same time. Thank you for that. I think those comments will resonate with a number of people as, as we try to really revolutionize the space. And, and I completely concur with the patients really wanting care outside of, you know, in multiple multiple areas, right? Where yeah. they feel most comfortable, whether it's virtual health, as you were talking to earlier. Um, I think we're going to see this accelerate um, over the next few years. Um, so what do you what do you personally think will be the most significant changes to healthcare in, in the next five or 10 years? I, I do think it's going to be the virtual digital space. I think that we are going to get more and more comfortable with scaling our physicians and providers across innovative ways. You know, we've been talking about group visits and things like that and, and cohorts of patients. If, if we're all you know, struggling with diabetes, how can we pull people together and accountability partners and, and doing some things um, where, where there is a, a, group, a cohort going on a journey together? There will, there will be there's value in that. We've seen some some great innovations in that space, but it is going to be the the cell phone. You know how it how can we appropriately provide care um, anywhere at any point? And as health systems, we're going to have to figure out how to be um, leaders, how to partner with others doing doing great innovation in that space because there the shortage that is coming around nursing care, around physician care, um, we have to be more innovative to scale those scarce resources. Um, and we're gonna have to obviously get our pipelines figured out. How do we, you know, medical schools, residency programs, nursing programs, what can we do to bring love to those professions so people choose to, to go into them at the rates they once did um, so we can have a continued workforce as, as we have a, a great generation today retire in the next five to 10 years. Um, that, that's our job is to really bring the joy into this profession and, and help people connect with their heart, um, what they love, the service of giving um, back to others. Um, thank you so much. That is, that is so, um, it is an imperative, right? To really allow those people to um, really feel, you know, that genuine caring um, from their employer and also the impact I think that they make in the world. And I think, um, you had a lot of great comments there about how do we build those pipelines and, and for those students that are selecting new careers, how do we make sure that they, they see the, all of those benefits and, and make that a, a very rewarding career um, for them. And so thank you so much for those comments. Well, Jason, it has truly been delightful speaking with thank you Lisa. today. Thank you for taking your time out of your schedule. I know you're incredibly busy to share your insights with the membership of SMI. Um, and I wish you nothing but the best at Adventus as you Thank continue you. to develop out your strategy. We are coming out of the pandemic. And again, I just want to shout out to all caregivers uh, across this country who have been absolute heroes and those that support them behind the scenes. Concordance and, and all the SMI partners. Um, we could not have done what we did on the front line without all, all of you backing us up. So thank you. Thank you so much to Jason Wells, Chief Strategy Officer from Adventist Health, and Lisa Holman, CEO of Concordance Healthcare Solutions, for taking their time to be part of SMI's podcast program. 
Stay tuned for our next Conversations with Podcast coming soon.